Thank you. My arm to sing on. You can be seated. Have a seat. All right. Have a seat. All right. All right. Better get started here. Thank you, Brother Wilkerson, for allowing me to come again. I love this place. I really do. I'm so grateful for what it meant to me in my life. Many, many chapel services. Boy, God really worked in my heart. And I've mentioned that before. Many, many times after chapel, I'd go find a quiet spot for a few minutes and, and uh, just basically say, Oh, God, use me. Uh, you know my heart. I want you to use me. And it's a special place for me. I'm grateful for what it meant to my wife. She's the real hero at our church. I wish she could be here. Uh, she was planning to come. I actually bought her a plane ticket to come. But we had a big fight yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't it. But she, uh, Trevor and Brianna, of course, Trev, both of them graduated from here. But uh, our son Trevor had... Uh, Twin, our second set of twin granddaughters, hard to believe, identical twins, you can see them there, I, I told our people before they were even born, I said, I'm just warning you now, I'm going to become unbearable, so I've got about 15 pictures that I'd like to show you, now this is uh, uh, Carly and Kensley, and they're doing well, but uh, her, Brianna's mom had to go back to work, her sister did, so my wife is staying there to help out some with her. They've got one that's almost two, and now they've got two that are about a week old, and so we are so blessed. I tell you, young people, it's a great life serving the Lord. It's a great life serving the Lord, and uh, you may hear people that give uh, a lot of burdens that come from ministry. That's true. There are burdens that are there, but man, I I tell you, I wouldn't trade for anything in the world. I I love it. I love serving the Lord. I, I love being a pastor, and and uh, just love being able to stay in one place for a lot of years. And uh, God's been so good to us. And I'm grateful that our young people get a chance to come. Good job singing, Owen. And uh, Owen's father just took a church this past Sunday in uh, Miami, Arizona. Uh, just about 45 minutes from us. But uh, he still gets to be a part of our church. And his son still gets to come to our school. But I'm excited about that. And uh, what God has for him there. But we need, we need soul winning churches, fellas. Uh, we need Bible preaching churches. If you don't know where else to go, come to Arizona. And uh, we need them. There's more there than there were 27 years ago, 26 years ago when I went. But boy, we need a lot more. A lot of people uh, that need the gospel. And there are some churches, but they're not really soul winning, not really reaching out with the gospel, not preaching the Bible uh, plain and well, I hope you'll, you'll do what God wants you to do, and uh, we're glad that you made it today. I'm glad I made it today. Take your Bibles, turn to 105th Psalm, Psalm 105, 105. I want you to listen carefully today. I, anytime I come here, I don't have a problem finding something to preach. It's just which, what to preach and what to give you, and I'm not here all semester. I, I don't know exactly what you need. Sometimes I can sense that in our church, but I don't know that here, but the Holy Spirit uh, he can speak to me, and he knows what you need, and I'm trusting that he's given me something today. It's been a blessing to me, and I think it may be a help to you. Psalm 105, we'll read several verses, beginning in verse number 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name, make known his deed among the people. 
Sing unto him, sing songs, uh, psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works. There's some good talk there. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength and seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. O ye seed of Abraham, his servant, ye children of Jacob, his chosen, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He hath remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. Skip down to verse 17, if you would. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Until the time that his word came, that's the word of Pharaoh, the word of the Lord tried him. I want you to notice that phrase, if you would. The king sent and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his substance, to bind his princes at his pleasure, to teach his senators wisdom. Here God is reminding his people, the nation of Israel, of all the marvelous works that he's done for them. He expects them to remember them and to talk about them. He reminds them of the leaders that he has raised up and prepared for them. He talks about Abraham, he talks about Isaac, he talks about Jacob, and then he talks about Joseph. I love Joseph. Joseph is one of my favorite Bible characters, a young man with a great spirit, just a tremendous spirit, a young man full of gentleness and kindness and truth, so sensitive to the Lord. And God sent him remarkable visions. He he thought on these visions. He told these visions. And, of course, his spiteful brothers called him that dreamer. They didn't understand him. Rather, they envied him and even hated him. They talked about murdering him and ultimately sold him as a slave. I want you to remember something about Joseph. He was only 18 years of age at the time. God had a higher plan for him. Think about this. Joseph's brothers would feed their flocks, but Joseph was being prepared to feed the world. Joseph's brothers would govern their families, but Joseph would govern a world empire, would impact hundreds of thousands of people. Joseph was blessed by God from the beginning. He was prepared to be used, and as always, God used trials. Mark that down, friend. The ones who become valuable to God must be purified in the fire. For Joseph, the path to the throne of Egypt led through slavery false accusation, and the prison house. There was no other way to get there. There was no shortcut to that. If God intends to use you, He will try you. Can you imagine how proud that we would become if we had all blessings and no trials? The truth is, if we didn't have trials and all blessings, we would rest on our laurels. We would stay busy congratulating ourselves so God says, blessed is a man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. We didn't face trials, young people. I'm afraid our head would be so big, a crown couldn't fit on our head. We'd be worthless, really, for the use, God's use. I want you to notice again, verse number 19, speaking about Joseph, the word of the Lord tried him. I think we have a slide that sometimes I use at our church to help People remember, I don't know if you have that or not. If you do, you can put it up. When was this trial? This seems to indicate after he was sold as a servant to Potiphar, to his lowest point, when he was falsely accused of a perverted assault on 
course, on his master's wife. Who, who wouldn't cringe under such a charge? Can you see Joseph, a young man, placed in prison, laid in iron, the Bible says, feet in fetters. For a while, he could do nothing. He could do absolutely nothing but just sit there and think. How long? I don't know. I don't know. I know this, that 13 years would pass from the time he was sold by his brothers until he came to the throne. We know that he found favor in prison and would eventually serve the other prisoners, but here the Bible indicates that he endured as a chained prisoner with the iron even surrounding his soul. Read this passage again. During those dreary months, thoughts of his loving father came through his mind, no doubt. His dear mother who had passed in childbirth, his cruel brothers, his unfair treatment, his being falsely accused by a wicked woman, how his character suffered, and more importantly, the name of his God may have been blasphemed. Do you wonder, do you wonder, young people, that the iron entered into his soul? The word of the Lord tried him severely, alone in the darkness of an uncomfortable cell, bound with chains, nobody to speak to him, everybody condemning him for the vile act that supposedly he had committed against his master, who trusted him. No doubt he was the object of ridicule. Looking back in his father's blessing, it said that the archers sorely grieved him and shot at him and hated him. But thank God the Bible says his bow abode in strength and he overcame at last. But Joseph was tried by the word. I want you to think about that with me this morning. Joseph was tried by the word. Why was he tried? Think about this with me. What word was it that tried him? And did this trial end? What was the result? There's something for us to learn here as New Testament believers in 2024. That's why God put it in His word. That's why He recorded it for us. That's why He looks back on it in the 105th Psalm. And he encourages his people to remember that. Father, meet with us the next few minutes, please. You know, I've prayed much, and I've asked for your help. I don't know the hearts of these young people, but I know the truth of your word. I pray that you'd help us to see the importance of enduring trials, even being tried by your word. Help us to be faithful. Help us to trust you, in spite of whatever we may face. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Why the trial? Why was Joseph, why was it necessary for him to be tried by the word? And Joseph had grown up in a good home, and Joseph had a loving father, and Joseph had faith in God from the beginning. God had sp spoken to Joseph, even as a young man, as a teenager. Why was it necessary? What was the importance of it? Why does God allow any of his own to endure trials? Could God keep trials from us? The answer is certainly he could. Why doesn't God take us straight to heaven the moment we get saved? That'd be interesting at invitation time, wouldn't it? People come forward and get saved, receive Christ as Savior, up they go. There'd be nobody there really to rejoice with them. Why doesn't God do that? Because God wants to use us here. Because God has a plan for us here on earth. And for us to be useful, we must be purified. For us to be used by God... We must be purified by fire. The word of the Lord tried him. 
The Hebrew word there is the word for smell, to refine, as a goldsmith does, to test and to prove true. What does smelting do? It purifies by separating the precious from the impurity. It, it purifies. Impurities, of course, rise to the top and they're skimmed off. That's often what trials do in our life. Persecution comes to a church and only the truly committed stay faithful and many others wash out, many others walk away. I, this is my personal opinion. I believe that's been true even with COVID. I, I think that's true. I, I think that maybe the churches aren't as big, but maybe they're more pure after COVID because a lot of people walked away. They weren't truly committed. They found it was more comfortable to stay at home and just do their own thing. We've all seen it. We've seen people walk away when trials have come. In persecution, mere professors flee. Paul says they went out from us, for they were not of us. And I've seen it at college, and you've seen it at college. And young people that were called, supposedly by God, and they come, and maybe they have some zeal, but trials come, and difficulties come. They're tried by the word, and they walk away, and they wash out, and they're not with us anymore. The same thing happens to individuals. No Christian is all that he thinks he is. None of us have as much faith as we may claim to have. Our patience is not everything what it ought to be. Our humility is not what it ought to be. Our love for God is not everything it ought to be. So we've got to be tried. There's impurities in our, in our life. Job was a good man and he was a godly man, but there was a source of selfishness and pride there in his heart that was revealed by the fire. I'll tell you what happened with Job. He was a more pure man after the trial than he was before the trial. He was a more humble man before the, after the trial than he was before the trial. Was he a good man? Yes, he was. But God had something better in mind for him. If God would use us, we've got to be tried and we would become the better for it. That's the mark of a true believer. Pharaoh, a lost man. Again, in his heart, when he was tried, his heart became harder. But for the Christian, it's good to be afflicted. It's part of God's sanctification process. Joseph was tried by the word to remove the dross. I've been there before. Have you not? Have you ever faced trial and found that there was some pride in your life that needed to be removed? Have you found that there was some impurities in your life? There was some frailties in your life that God was working on? I've, I've been there before. Maybe you haven't, but I have. I've become self-confident in my preaching. I love to preach. I'm as comfortable here as anywhere in the world. I'm going to tell you something, friend. It's not your ability to preach, but it's your dependence upon God that's the key. Sometimes pride comes into preachers. Sometimes it comes behind pulpits. I was preaching one time in Maine, and I was on tour for the college, and I mentioned this before. Long story short, I, I got something in my throat, and I just started coughing, and I couldn't get it out, and, man, I was just embarrassed. I wish I could say I was embarrassed just for God's sake. I was embarrassed for my sake. They brought me everything. They, they brought me a, some water. They brought me a cough drop, brought me some Jack Daniels, and I don't remember what all, but none of it would help. And I remember after that service, I, I, I was there representing the college. The singing group was there, and after the service, I, I slipped out in the invitation time. This is my pride. I went to a, a classroom there on the church property. It's a fairly good-sized church. I sat in that room with the lights off until I looked out the window and all the cars were gone and I could hear people out in the hallway saying, where's Brother Cowling? My pride. I remember that night I took my wife and our daughter, we just had one child at the time, and I 
took him to the place where we were going to stay, and I couldn't sleep, and I came back to the church. I spent the whole night that night walking around that church property and saying, Oh, God, please help me. I'm sorry. I need your help. I may have preached a sermon before, but I can't preach it without you. I may preach every night when I'm on tour, but I can't do it without you. God, you've got to help me as a parent. And I, I've got the greatest parents in the world. That's, that's my humble opinion. My parents are they're two of the most faithful, consistent people I know. I, my go-to book for families in our church, if they're struggling with their children, is my parents' book, you know, Rearing Children with Character. I, I've given that book out. I had them reprint it. I had my parents reprint it because I ran out and I need to have more of them. I read the book. I'm in the book. I was part of the whole process. I was one of the ones that taught them all those things, how to deal with stubborn children. I remember as a parent thinking, boy, I've got it down. And I got it down. I got it. Because I, I know the book. I, I know i got to teach them to serve God, and i got to teach them to work hard, and I'm gonna, we're going to be consistent in our discipline. Boy, everything seemed to be good until my daughter became a teenager. And all of a sudden, I didn't know what I was doing. I remember many times sitting on the floor of Ashley's bedroom with her and saying, Ashley, I don't, I don't have the answer. God does. We're going to find them. God's going to help us. In my faith, I, we've been through many trials at our church. I've been rebuked by God's Word. We're trying to build a building, and over the last year and a half, we've been working to try to do that, and over the last year and a half, the Federal Reserve has raised the interest rates 11 times. It's not real encouraging. You have to borrow $2 million. There's been times when I've doubted in my faith. I was reading a little kid's book to my twin grand. Have I told you about my granddaughters? I have, uh, I have twin granddaughters, uh, three and a half years old, and I was reading a book to them and about Peter walking on the water and the words that Jesus said to them, why are you fearful, you have little faith? And that was just after I was complaining and fearful because I didn't know if we'd be able to get this done. Saying I've been tried by the Word. I've been rebuked by God's Word. For my fearful doubt, I can look back and say it's good for me that I've been afflicted. Let me tell you something, friend. Joseph could too. What? Joseph? You say Joseph in the Bible? No sin is recorded about him, but God is showing us that all of us need refining. Joseph was tried by the word. Why? What did it do? I, I think it corrected juvenile errors of the past. As a simple-hearted, trusting child, Joseph told his dreams uh, freely, and, and this was probably not very wise. Maybe he thought his brothers and his father would be happy as he was, and he said, hey, fellas, hey, guess what? You're going to bow down to me one day. Even his father rebuked him, and his brothers were furious, angry at him. Again, Joseph is 17 or even under, and the thought of power excited him, and he, he probably should have kept it to himself for a while, and later we find Joseph more humble, and later we, later we find Joseph more aware even in dealing with his brothers he sees Benjamin and he goes apart to cry in secret and it's not time to reveal himself yet there's wisdom there this he learned in the sorrows of prison there was maturity that was taking place there was patience that was being developed in his life perhaps in his youth he was in a hurry to see his dreams come to pass God will give you authority and hey look at this coat that daddy gave me Joseph could say 
I must be in charge. I'll, I'll go tell dad all the wrong that my brothers are doing. Maybe he should have told his dad, but his attitude was immature. His brothers, think about this, at the time that Joseph did that, his brothers were grown men with families. He's still a boy and he acts as though he's the father. I'm saying that we need patience and patience only comes through trials. You're not going to get in any other way. Say, well, I just want to develop patience so I can be a patient person. Well, God's going to answer that prayer with trials. You'll be tried by the word. Joseph would have his royal coat in due time. In prison, in chains, Joseph learned to wait. I don't know if there's a more valuable lesson than that. To humbly wait on God. To humbly wait on God and allow Him to lift us up. Joseph was tried by the word. Why? To purify him, to repair him, to make him more useful. I think Joseph learned in prison that God's presence was everywhere. If Joseph was always at home with his father who doted on him, he would have known God's love, but not in this way and not to this extent. Like with Job, Satan could say, well, of course, Joseph loves you, God, because look at all that you've done for him. Look at all that he has. Not so when he's sold into slavery and cast into prison, but Joseph found that God was just as surely with him in prison as he was at home, and God, Joseph found that God could prosper him even in adversity. He never would have understood that at home. He must be placed in fetters in a dark prison. Then his light could shine. Then his testimony could really be seen. I heard for some of you, I, I know there's trials and there's problems and there's burdens and some of them are from home and some of them may be with finances and some may be with your health and illness that may come. But I'm telling you, friend, the ones that God chooses to use will face trials. They'll be tried by the word. Why was Joseph tried by the word to show him that temporal things are not to be depended upon? His father's favoritism only resulted in him being sold as a slave. His coat of many colors is now dipped in blood. His prosperity in Potiphar's house also came to a sudden end. From a trusted overseer in a wealthy home to a now a prisoner in irons. Now he knows that earthly goods are not to be dependent upon. Now he knows that he should seek God only. Have we learned that? Have you learned that? Have you learned that? You need to. I think some of us have placed too much confidence in political figures and God has had to remove them. That's my opinion. Don't you depend upon men. You learn to depend upon God. If you haven't learned that, God will show it to you. You're laid in irons. Joseph learned this when he interpreted the dream of the butler. Don't forget about me. Surely he would be out soon, but two years later, he's still waiting. Cease from man, the Bible says. Look to God alone. Jo Joseph was tried by the word, why? To prepare him for his throne. Do you really think that God could take him straight to the throne? The truth is, if God had taken Joseph straight to the throne, his head probably wouldn't have fit in the door. I'm afraid he would have been so cruel and self-important and arrogant. You know, the truth is, many a man can endure affliction, but few can endure prosperity. 
at the time, the most dangerous thing in the world. Times, the most dangerous thing in the world for us is to gain power. It's like standing up fast and becoming dizzy. Read about a new mountain climber that went with a group of men to climb a, a mountain. Because it was his first time up this high on this particular hike, they said, we'll let him be the first one. And they got to the top. Sure enough, he was eager and he was ready to do it. And he got to the top and the others were waiting and he began to stand up and somebody grabbed him by the back of the coat and pulled him down. They said, don't do that. He said, when you reach the top, stay low. Because you don't realize the wind gust. You'll be surely knocked off. Got some advice for you, young people. When you reach the top, you better stay low. Joseph learned patience and humility in prison and fetters. He was bound with iron. He learned to depend upon God only and not to live for temporal things. Though surely he would be tempted with those things. Don't you think that Joseph would have been tempted with those things when he was on the throne of Egypt? Don't you think he could have been sidetracked as he began to get some things and some money and, and, and gaining some popularity and power? Don't you think he could have tempted but God was maturing him and preparing him? God's preparing him and us. Finally, after 13 long years, he was ready to be brought before Pharaoh. God's not in a hurry. Even Joseph wasn't in a hurry then. Go back and read it. When Pharaoh sent for Joseph, you know what he did? He took time to shave first and to clean up. He wasn't ashamed of God. <laughs> he stood before Pharaoh and the first thing he, he told about the God that he trusted, he said, I heard about this dream that you had. He said, my God will give you an answer to that dream. And Joseph listened to him. Joseph listened to a slave, a foreigner, one who was falsely accused. I love it. Joseph, having been tried by the word, simply believed God's word and he spoke with conviction to Pharaoh and Pharaoh never doubted him. Where did this courage come from? Where did this boldness come from? It came from Joseph learning to fear God while he was in prison, while he was in chains. Joseph was tried by the word. Quickly, what, was, what word was it that tried him? Think about this. What word did Joseph had? Not the law of Moses. I think you probably know this, but Moses wasn't alive yet. I never would have even thought about this if the Holy Spirit hadn't recorded it for us. Potiphar tried him. The chains tried him. But did the word of God try him? Say there was no Bible then. What word was it? All Joseph had, don't leave me, all Joseph had were his dreams and the promises from God that were made to his father and his grandfather and his great-grandfather. That's all. That's all he had. That was the word of God. But Joseph would hold on to those. When there was no written word, the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart, his dreams, and God's promises were to Joseph the word of God. How did they try him? The word came to his conscience in Potiphar's house and said, Thou shalt not commit adultery. And he went against his natural tendencies and did not. He fled. The Bible says flee fornication. Joseph didn't have that, but 
Joseph had knowledge of the God of his father and his grandfather and his great-grandfather and the Holy Spirit worked in his heart and and told him, you need to flee. And and let me tell you, young men, something. When fornication and temptation uh, comes that way, you don't stay and pray about it. You don't stay and seek counsel about it. You run from it. Joseph didn't say to Potiphar's wife, let's kneel here by the bed. Let's pray about this. No, no, no. Joseph said, how can I do this great wickedness against and sin against God? The word came to his conscience in prison and says, I know it doesn't look good, but God promised to be with you, Joseph. God promised to bless you. Do you still believe that, Joseph? While you're in prison, the iron is not only binding your legs and your arms, but it's entered into your very soul, and you can't do anything Do you still believe God's word? Do you still believe that God is going to use you? What about you having authority, Joseph? God said it. God said it. It wasn't my dad that said it. It was God that said it. He is faithful. My God is faithful. I can't see Him. But my God will keep His promises. He was tried by the word and Joseph held on. Oh, I pray that we will. I I want us us as Christians to trust God. And yes, trust Him in the good times. But when trials come, realize that God has a purpose. And you'll be tried by the word. But hold on to the promises of God. Our God keeps His word even when we can't see Him. Thirdly, I want you to notice that this trial doesn't last forever. Cheer up, friend. One day the word from Pharaoh will come. Look again at that verse. Look at verse 19 of Psalm 105. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. One day the the message came from the palace. Pharaoh sent for him. God will accomplish his purpose. Until that time, until the time the word came. Do you see that? Until the time the word came. Listen, young people. God has an until for you. God has an until for me. He has established boundaries and He will not give us more than we can bear. God knows what your load limit is and you may look at it and say, I can't handle it, I can't take it. But God knows what you can take. God knows what you can handle. God has a plan. In His time, He'll deliver us out when we're ready and when He is ready. The truth is, Pharaoh wouldn't have been ready to listen to Joseph until now. God has a plan. God is working both sides. Pharaoh had to have a need himself to listen to Joseph. It was the right time. This was Joseph's hour. And like a rocket ship, he rose to the top. Oh, and listen, it looked bad for a long time. Can you imagine? 13 years. Some of us look at four years in college and say, man, it seems like forever. Some don't even last 13 months or 13 weeks or 13 days, but 13 years Joseph waited until the word came from Pharaoh. Now Pharaoh's ready. Now Joseph is ready. Joseph was free. He was free from prison. He was free from attacks on his character. Even Pharaoh and Potiphar, I think, too, knew Joseph didn't do this. Now he's able to provide for his father and his family. 
Now at this time, a famine is coming on. Watch me, at just the right time, may we not be impatient. Wait on God. He has a plan. God called me to Arizona back in 1997. Immediately discouragement came. So thankful for my wife and you girls that are here. I hope that God will give you some holy resolve. Because you play an important role. I mentioned already, I'll mention in church, Ed, my wife's really the hero of the story. I got homesick. I remember going there and they couldn't pay us. We lived with a deacon and his family, in fact, uh, Brother Owens and, and Kyle's grandfather. Stayed in their home for four months. My wife, because Brother Keith worked from home during the day, she had to leave every day. When I left with our three children, she began to teach them in one of the empty rooms at our church. We, um, we had sold our house. And we had a little bit of money, and sometimes the deacons would give us $20 time to time. We went there. This was how ignorant I was. I didn't ask any questions about the finances. I Just my personality. I just said, I'll trust the Lord. And, and I'm for simple faith, but there might ought to be some prudence that I've had to learn. She couldn't pay me. We were sinking, but I tell you, it's good motivation to get out there and knock on doors when it's 105 degrees outside. Hopefully I can get somebody in, and maybe that somebody will have a wallet, maybe there'll be some money in that wallet, and maybe they'll actually put it in an offering plate. I remember... After I'd just been there a few weeks, one of our faithful men left. I know people say you're not supposed to take it personally, but I don't know how else to take it. It hurt me. I began to question. More trials came. Personal trials. The time when I felt like I might have a nervous breakdown, that's the honest to goodness truth. I, I didn't know if I could go on. I remember leaning on Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. I would quote that verse hundreds of times every day. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. Let me tell you something, young people. The word of God is still true. God has a plan. God has a purpose for everything he allows in your life. Joseph could have gotten discouraged in prison, and he could have given up. The Word of God tried him. Joseph hung on to the truth that he had. He wouldn't be discouraged. You remember that God promised to be with him. I'll tell you something, friend. God has promised to be with you. Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Five negatives in that verse. I'll never, 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 never leave you nor forsake you. You can count on that. You say, but preacher, you don't understand. I may not. God has a plan. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he'll not give you more than you can bear. Romans 8, 28 is still true. All things work together for good to them that love God. Will you let God try you, even through his word? Will you trust him, even though laid in iron? Waiting. 
I don't know what it is you're facing, but I know God has a purpose for it. You'll trust Him. One day the until will come. <laughs> the Word will come. God will put you in that place that He promised. It wasn't over. Joseph still would have trials later on, but boy, what maturity he gained in patience and faith in God. Early in his life, about your age, about the age of many of you, God help us. God help us to be faithful. God help us to endure. Say, if you, if you can't take some of the trials here, you may as well quit now. You, it'll be a bigger shame you get out in the ministry and quit. Stay with us. Trust the Lord. Father, we do love you. We thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the picture that you've given us. Really, Joseph, a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe one of the greatest types in the Bible. Oh, how you prepared him. You worked in his heart through trials. God, help us to learn to trust you. Help us to realize that we'll be tried by the word we will be. But we'll find you faithful. And your word will be true. May we hang on to the dreams, many, many of us. We've been given dreams. You've put that in our hearts and our minds. May we not forget what you've done in our hearts. And may we not forget what you've told us in your word. May we hang on to it. Help us, Lord. We're tried by the word to be faithful. Father, bless each one. Please work in our hearts. Let's stand just a moment. If you feel like you ought to come, you come. Many have already come. If you don't feel like you ought to come, that's fine. Just do what God tells you to do, that's all. If you need somebody to pray with you, I'm sure we can arrange that as well.